Four Square Pastor, would you please welcome Dan Donahue? Right there. Yeah, my wife is here and kids, but she's uh, helping with kids oh, ministry. She just comes and serves. Uh, so maybe she'll come if you can see her through the window. Wave, Hillary. Just joking. All right. Well, again, thank you guys. This is fun. What a amazing group of people. I um, have been second service, obviously, and just preaching on community and fellowship, but I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are amazing. Just a great community and just welcoming me and don't even, you know, know who I am, but just really loving me. And I love that. I love what's going on here. I'm thankful. You know, this very, this church, I don't know if you guys knew, but you guys, when we were, our church is three years old. And when we, when we were getting started, um, through the leadership of Pastor Dan, you guys gave, you know, four months rent to us so we could, we could really just launch without that worry. It was such a blessing. You gave us a coffee maker too. Don't forget that. Yeah, it looks a lot like the one you guys have. So that's served us for three years. Thank you, Lord, for coffee maker. It's still working. So that was a good one. Um, but again, I just, again, I, that's, that's the sense I feel is it's, um, this is a strength for your community. You guys are, are genuine. There's a re, real spirit of, of love that's shared here. Um, and I, and that, and, and by the way, um, I was talking, I can't remember who it was. It was Andrew. I don't know if he's still here. Um, but I was talking about what you guys did and he's like, oh, that sounds like us. Like, that's cool. That's cool. You know, it's not, that wasn't Pastor Dan saying that. I was like, it's part of you guys um, just, just believing in that reality of generosity. And, and I, I just love that. So, again, I'm a little bit humbled to be here um, and, and preach on this, but I want to do my best to, to go to the Word and, and see what God thinks about this topic. Um, so let's, let's open it up in prayer. Lord, we are thankful for your leadership. Jesus, we, we come under your leadership. Even now, um, we allow you to teach us what you want to teach us. Holy Spirit, uh, God, you're able to teach exactly what you want to teach us, however you want to teach us. So, so we just allow, we just position ourselves to receive whatever it is you want to say to us. And, and would you do that, Lord? Would you bless this community so, God, we can continue to, to grow as a church, God, here in Edgewood and, and across uh, the globe, Lord? We just thank you for what you're doing. Strengthen us, God. Strengthen us to, to say yes to you day in and day out. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. So again, we're, we're talking about fellowship, and it's one of those one of those words that as kind of in the Christian community, uh, we have a tendency to water down. Are you familiar with some of those words? There's really profound, deep biblical words that we kind of attach kind of surface level meaning to. Um, one of those words is hospitality, right? Hospitality, what do you think of when, when I say hospitality? Coffee. What do you have in there? Meatballs. Uh, which is awesome. Don't let me diminish that important ministry because I love meatballs and I consumed four cups of coffee already. Um, and I just am thankful for that. But hospitality is one of those things that we, we, we kind of water down in the fullness of the word. It's really being showing hospitality or receiving a stranger as a guest. 
That's pretty cool. That's a gift. In the Bible, it talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit is hospitality. And so um, it's one of those words again. Another one is worship. What do we think of a lot of times in the, we kind of water that down to maybe music, right? Or we say like guitar, bass, keys, and fog machine. That's, that is worship, right? If you miss any of those elements, it's not worship. You know, so we do these things, and again, it's human nature to kind of deduce these downs, but my, my hope is to kind of expand it beyond that surface level and say, man, so much more than that. I mean, worship itself is to position one's allegiance to the Lord, to, 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 to pledge our allegiance to Jesus. Man, that's powerful to do that. I love, I love songs that declare my allegiance to Jesus. I will serve you. I will love you. There's a sense of just faithfulness that builds up in me as I say those things and just agree in my soul that, yes, I am gonna, I'm going to love you all the days of my life. You know, so that's, that's worship just welling up in us. The other thing we do, uh, another word is church. We, we talk about this a lot, but we think of it as a building, right? Church is so much more than that. It's a family of God under one Father, and we, we are brothers and sisters. In fact, in the Bible, often when Paul's writing his letters, he says the oddest thing. He doesn't say the church of gathering in this particular home or some name. He says the church of Ephesus or just the, the city. So really, in reality, God's looking at the churches as, as so much more than a, than a one congregation thing. I mean, there's so many different congregations in the city of Edgewood. And, and God is moving in different gifts and, and growing them together. That's another word that we could sometimes tend to water down. But again, fellowship is one of those we think of. Maybe it was a meeting that we had, um, a group gathering. We had, a, uh, we had the blessing of having a college ministry. We, had, uh, we watched Home Alone. We did um, gingerbread houses. And we had uh, hot cocoa. That sounds like fellowship to me. That was amazing. Uh, my little girls were there at like 9 p.m. and they were laughing with the college students. It was awesome. It really was fellowship. But there's more to that. There's more to this word. And really, it's a fellow participant. Fellowship is really about sharing with someone or in something. There's this, this reality of sharing. That's why I say I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here because there's such a generosity in your midst. So hopefully I'm just affirming what you're doing and that it would grow deeper. But there's a sense of sharing whatever you have and whatever God's given you, whoever you are, that God would allow you to share that to whomever needs and however God leads you in that process. So fellowship is really, I think of it, another way we could say that is spirit-filled sharing. Spirit-filled sharing. Um, and just the sense of that the Lord would lead us in how we do that. So again, I want to talk about fellowship, but first I wanted to describe kind of what fellowship was not. And the best way we can look at fellowship is really go into the Word and see really how that played out in the early church. So if we, want to, if we can turn together to Acts 2, chapter 41 through 47. I want to read this together so we can kind of get a picture of what did fellowship look like in the early church as, as they're gathering and uh, as the Holy Spirit's moving. You know, the context here, most of, most of you know, but the context here is many are coming to know the Lord daily. Many people are surrendering their hearts to Jesus daily. And the amazing thing about that is they're all being welcomed in into this community and there's a vibrant Holy Spirit community, revival is breaking out. And here's really just 
describing what happened in the context of this revival. So <clears throat> Acts 2, chapter 41. Then those, sorry, chapter 2, verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Thank you, Lord. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, verse 43, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now all those who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as all had need. So continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That is awesome. What an awesome community being described there. What an awesome community. And then actually verse, uh, Acts 4, verse 34, continues on describing what's going on here. More people are growing. More people are being added to the number. There was not, says in verse 34, Acts 4, verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and distributed it to each as any had need. Can we just stop and pause at the profound yeah. statement that's being made there? Think about this. There was, this isn't metaphorical. It's not, you know, saying it was about this way, there really was no need among them. I mean, that is fantastic. It is amazing. This is, can only be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not something in our flesh that we can drum up. We can't become a community that cares for each other perfectly without the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, informing us, telling us how to serve, how to love, what to do, what we can give, what we can't give. You know, that's the activity of the Holy Spirit producing fellowship in our midst. And that's what's taking place here. So I read this and say, Lord, this is good. And this is what you have for the church, that there be no needy person among you. And think about what would happen if the Holy Spirit began to speak to us, even if we don't talk to people. Wow, I think so-and-so needs this, and I have that. I can help out. Maybe you start giving anonymously. Again, I think this is already taking place in this community. Maybe there's a sense of what you can give that you didn't think about. Someone in the first service mentioned to me and said, hey, I know you have a college ministry, and I want to help with food. Isn't that awesome? We have college students who are eating horrible food, and their need is someone to care for them and have, have a, a sense of, 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 of love for them. Now, when we look at this, there's not a needy person among them. I want to kind of give more context to that. Many people are getting saved in the Mediterranean area. And there's lots of people from different areas that are coming and they're leaving their families because they're, because they're being ostracized and pushed away. And they literally have no home. They're homeless without the church. They have no need. And the only way that they can live and survive is if the church brings them in and takes care of them. And so the need at that time was really that they would sell their possessions and provide homes for people. Now, here in America, typically that's not the case. But there is a cost to following Jesus. And sometimes that means you're going to lose your friends. Sometimes they're going to be unfriended in Facebook. And sometimes people aren't going to like you as much as they did before because, wow, you're serving Jesus and I don't, I don't like that because I don't like that about you. And all of a sudden, what can the church do? Well, we can welcome people in and, and love people regardless of all their issues and just say, we love you because Jesus loves you. And just, just be the church. 
We say that, but I think you understand what I mean when I say that. It's, it's that fellowship extended, that love extended. And so, yes, there is a cost in America, and we can actually, uh, to, to, to surrendering to Jesus, and we can actually, as a church, meet those needs, whatever it may be, but God's going to give us the wisdom and the strategies, strategies that we need in, in our own individual communities so that we can, as best as we can, fulfill what we see here happening in the early church, that there was not a needy person among them. Man, this describes to me the kind of fellowship that only can happen by the power of the Spirit. So the first thing we see here is that there wasn't a needy person among them. The second thing that's powerful that, that Luke is really describing here as he's writing and describing the community is this word, one accord. One accord. Now when we think of that, it's, it, there is a sense of unity, but there's a unique element to this word. It's used 11 times in the New Testament. It's a unique word. I'm just going to read it to you. It's actually a compound word. Two words. It's really a compound of two words, meaning to rush along and in unison. The image is almost musical. A number of notes are sounded, which while different, harmonize in pitch and tone as the instruments of a great concert under the direction of a concert master. So the Holy Spirit blends together the lives and members of Christ's church. Now, is that awesome? Just, just picture, you know, I think of, I actually uh, sang for PLU, and so there's all these different, we had in choir, and there's all these different sections. There's tenor and alto and soprano and bass, and sometimes there'd be a time for the tenors to sing out, and sopranos, about 90% of the time, it was their solos, and, and basses, not usually, but there was their time to shine, but you kind of let them, and it always worked best when you let, however that music was written, and according to the concert master, when you let them have their opportunity to shine, and, and you supported them, but there's, but it was one accord, and, and it worked best, and it sounded best when everyone was under the direction of one concert master. There's that sense of submission and unity that really only is accomplished by submitting to Heavenly Father, by submitting to God and looking around and seeing brothers and sisters in Christ in that context. Sometimes even in uh, my own church, as we're worshiping, I'll just look around sometimes and just see people just lifted up to God and just declaring who He is. And it just brings so much joy to my heart. As we just look up and we just declare, Jesus, I love you, Father. I'm so thankful for your leadership. And every once in a while, I just look down and I just see people doing the same thing. I'm like, this is the family of God. This is so dynamic. This is so amazing. So there's that sense of, of one accord. We're all so different. But yet God is doing great things in the midst. Now, again, I mentioned I did college ministry. I remember when, as we were getting started, it was such a hodgepodge group of people. Such a random. We had the, the uh, quarterback for the football team in this group, and we also had an exchange student from Bahrain who didn't wear shoes and just walked around with a guitar strapped around his neck. And, and like all these different... Now, it looked, looking back and kind of even in that time, I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. Like we're joining together not because we have similar interests because there wasn't much there. Not because we looked the same, because really we didn't but because there was a sense, a shared togetherness that we are coming under Heavenly Father, we're coming under the leadership of Jesus, and together there's unity and there's one accord in that. And that's something the Holy Spirit produces, and that's the kind of Holy Spirit, Spirit-filled fellowship that takes place as we allow Him to move and fill us. Thank you, Lord. Now we have in Acts 4, 13... In 14, another description of this, of the early church and how they're operating. Verse 13, it says, 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished or marveled and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. And so we've got the religious leaders of the time looking at Peter and, and, and looking at John and saying, man, they're doing all these miracles and they're getting all the attention. We need to stop them. How are we going to stop them? And they see them doing these things and they're trying to justify in their mind, how is this taking place? How are these great miracles happening? I mean, they haven't been trained like us. They don't have the same education. They don't have the, the doctorate degree or this or that. How is this? They're like, there's only one logical explanation. It, they have to have been with Jesus. There's, there, there's only one way, and they recognize that Peter and John have been with Jesus. Now, when they say that word recognize, it's not that they actually saw them literally with Jesus. They're saying, these Peter and John, they look like they've been with Jesus. It's, it's rubbing off. Jesus is clearly rubbing off on them. So when I think of a Holy Spirit-filled community, I think of a community that People look at it and they recognize, you've been with Jesus, haven't you? Now I want to give you some advice to anyone in the audience that doesn't want to stand out or wants to blend in. I want to encourage you that if you want to do that, if that's your goal, then I would encourage you to stay away from Jesus. I don't say that very often. Because if you're going to be with Jesus, people are going to recognize it. It's going to show up. It's part of the deal. I'm not saying you have to try to be weird, because some of us just are weird. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> but what the reality is, is when we're with Jesus, it shows up and it's expressed in fellowship. It's clear that they've been with Jesus. If you want to look like Jesus, if you want love to flow out of you like a rushing river, if you want boldness to accompany you like a close companion, if you want to stand firm with abundant joy in the face of opposition and suffering, then you have one option. It's hang out with Jesus. Fellowship with Jesus. And as I think of the community that God's developing and the fellowship and the dynamic Holy Spirit fellowship that's being released, there's only one option. We need to give ourselves to Jesus and we need to allow Him to produce the fellowship that's taking place. You know, thankfully, Jesus, yes, he was walking this earth literally in, in flesh, like us. He took on flesh, and he discipled, and he led apostles. But thankfully, when he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And we, too, can be with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, can't we? And so as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit as he will escort us into the presence of God and we will start to look like Jesus in all manners. So Holy Spirit, escort us into the presence of Jesus. This is really the essence of fellowship, isn't it? The fellowship is not just something we do. It's really a character of God himself. We look at fellowship sometimes and we think, man, when did fellowship first start? You know, when was the first church? Or It must have started in the garden with Adam. Fellowship actually has existed for all eternity. We think God himself, the, the, the 
reality of who God is. God is love, and there's a fellowship within himself that takes place. And when we were created, when Adam was created, he wanted to share himself and created Adam in his own nature. Isn't that awesome? And he shares that fellowship because love is compelled to share, isn't it? It's just compelled. And out of God and his nature, he extended that fellowship to us. And Adam, of course, decided that he wanted to instead depend on God's fellowship. He wanted to depend on his own means. And so that fellowship was separated. But praise God, Jesus came to bring that fellowship back into order. And so now we can have unbroken fellowship through the power of the Spirit. I'm so thankful for that. So thankful. And so as I meditate on, on fellowship, as I'm, I can't get away from the fact that we can't just apply what we want to see in fellowship and just try to check the boxes. Okay, we got to be nice to people. We got to give. Okay, okay, we're doing that, we're doing that. Those are all fine in, in and of themselves, but they fall short because we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a whole new way. This needs to be an overflow of our relationship and the fellowship that we have with God himself. Isn't that when it's powerful? Is when God's loving us so much that we're compelled to share that with other people. We love because why? He first loved us. And that's what comes out. And as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit and develop that relationship in a deeper way, my tendency here to say is that fellowship is just going to show up amongst each other. And it's going to be dynamic and it's going to be something that we can't produce in our flesh. So as I'm teaching on this, I want to just close with a practical tool that's helped me in my discovery of talking with God. And sometimes that can feel awkward at times, like, okay, God, how do I engage with you? So I've just started to apply this simple acronym, um, it's trust, T-R-U-S-T. And I, my, my, my hope here is that this would help usher us into a greater fellowship of the Holy Spirit that we would release as well, fellowship to a greater degree in our midst. So the first one is, first T is thank you. Thank you. Isn't it powerful? I mean, we can, that's a whole message in and of itself, to say thank you to God. I have a tendency uh, at times to get overwhelmed. I've got three beautiful girls, but sometimes it's overwhelming, and my wife is an amazing superhero because I don't know how she does it. When I have a full day with the kids, I'm going bonkers and grumbling and just kind of mumbling to myself, like just grumbling things, just negative Nancy and, uh, or Ned, we should say, but I just find that the grumbling spirit kills fellowship, just kills fellowship. So it's really, sometimes when I get in that spot, I just back out and say, this is the best time of my life, three beautiful girls, an amazing wife, this is awesome. And then I start to thank God, and it shifts everything. So I'm just starting to practice that, and maybe it's just you can start with maybe five times a day, just set aside and just start to say thank you for whatever is going on around you, and just start to thank God. Psalm 100 has been a key passage for me. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Just begin to let that roll into your spirit, into your soul, and just start to let that become your conversation with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Pastor, you shared, and I just, I just felt the thanks, thankfulness in your heart. There's just a spirit of thanksgiving on you, and I'm just so thankful. For, I want to be around you. I want you to pray for me if you can, just because there's a sense of just gratitude, and that doesn't just come. You don't just wake up like that. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a constant fellowship that grows, and there's a spirit of thanksgiving that grows in you as you gain more history with God and just thank him for everything that's come along your way. Man, this is powerful stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Release the spirit of thanksgiving in our midst. We'd just be thankful. We'd stand firm thanking you every season of our life. Lord, I just desire that I'd behold your beauty, that I'd look upon you and thank you. So the first T is thank you. The se- the, sorry, yeah, and the second R, so it's trust, is release revelation. Release revelation. I, I have this little phrase that goes on, especially as I'm praying for people. It's thank you and more. Sometimes we feel selfish praying for more. I want more. I want more. But God loves it when we ask for more of him. And I would encourage us to be bold in our petitions to God. I want more of you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the healing that's taking place. We pray for more to even manifest of yourself. And so there's this dialogue that can take place where you're absolutely grateful, but at the same, simultaneously you're saying, I want more. And you're not doing it in a greedy way, but you're doing it in a way that just thanks God and and longs to see more of him. So the R is release revelation. Ephesians 1, 17 has been a key prayer for me in my life that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. What would happen if we started to get more wisdom and revelation released in our own spirits about who God is, and then we can love out of who God is, not out of compelled out of our own nature, but out of who God is. That's a great thing. Release revelation. God, I just pray, even now, I'm just going to pray right now, Lord, I just thank you that you release revelation, that your spirit is, is showing us who you are. I pray if there's any wrong views of you that we've given ourselves to, would you root those out, Lord, and just begin to show us who you actually are and what you do, Lord. There's, there's just a desire, there's a longing in the congregation, I can already sense it, that we want to know you more, God. We want to we understand you to a greater degree, Lord. I just confess that I don't know you even partially to the degree that I need to know you, so I just pray, would you give us a hunger to know you more? Release revelation in Jesus' name. So that's good. So we just can pray that out and just talk to God about this, just a fellowship. Can you, can, do you see where I'm going with this? As, as this conversation develops under the surface with the Holy Spirit, do you see how that begins to bless community and start to release fellowship? Oh, wow, no, that, you know what? God is a loving God. He wouldn't say that. And then, and then you start to pray, how can I reveal your love to this person? So that it can just confirm and affirm that you are a loving God. You're not, you're not a God of hate, but you're a God of love. You see how that is completely connected. So God, release revelation. The you is use me. Use me, Lord. I want to partner. I like partner, but it doesn't fit into the acronym. So we'll just go with you. Use me. But I want to partner with you, Lord. I want to be yoked with you and your purposes and what you have. Uh, I met a, a gentleman about three years ago. At a Starbucks near my home, and I could see he was clearly on some sort of illegal substance. wasn't sure what kind, probably some methamphetamine. And I just began to talk to him, say, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? He, and he just began to pour out his heart. He's like, my family rejected me. I have nowhere to go. 
Um, I'm trying to get off drugs, but I can't. I just began to share the gospel with him and uh, worked really hard to try to stay in contact with him and connect him with uh, uh, one of my friends that has a rehab center in Tacoma. Um, And text him a couple days, and then he disappeared. Never knew any, I didn't even, I couldn't even connect with him at all. I thought he changed his number. And so, you know, I probably thought about him. I'm not saying I thought about him a lot. I'm going to be honest, maybe three times a year for that point forward. And then just one day, a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, the Lord just put him on my heart. I'm going to text him. So I text him, how you doing? Hope things well. I don't know if you remember me. I know we haven't talked for three years. Last time I tried, this wasn't your number, but I'm going to try anyway. He texts right back. Oh, hey, Dan, I totally remember you. I totally remember you. In fact, I moved down to California, and I went through a rehab ministry called U-Turn for Christ. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, but the best thing I've ever done. And by the way, you made my day. It's my birthday. It's like, oh, yes, I love you, Lord. He, he's that only something that the Lord can do. I didn't know what his birthday was. Isn't that awesome? And it is, it is addictive. It's a good thing to be addicted to. This is a good addiction. I want to be used by God. And, and there's a sense, so you can pray it out and be intentional. Lord, use me. and part, I want to partner with you in dynamic ways. The S is strengthen me. Strengthen me, Lord. You know, discouragement can be one of the biggest killers to fellowship. And sometimes you just sit in that downward spiral of discouragement. But the Lord is, is longing to strengthen us. One of my, again, I say this a lot, but it is one of my favorite passages. I've got a lot of favorite ones. Ephesians 3.16, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Paul's praying out and he's praying for the church of Ephesus, Lord, there'd be a strengthening in their spirits because they were, they're struggling with discouragement. And so he's praying, he said, strengthen them with might in their spirit. There's a supernatural thing that can take place. If you're in discouragement, I want to pray for you afterwards. I want to pray that the Lord would strengthen you with might through his spirit in the inner man. Deep down in your soul, there'd be a transformation that take place that only the Holy Spirit can do. Don't let me bash counseling because counseling's needed, but this is a, something that only the Holy Spirit can do. It's a transformation in the inner being, and we need to pray for that. We need to pray for that strengthening. This, there's this constant talking to the Lord that needs to take place, and that's really preemptive. We can stay in that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Strengthen me. Again, five, six times a day, just, I just want to encourage us to start to talk to the Lord in this way. And look, what's that? So good, so good. Um, and the final T is teach me. I'm all about podcasts and, and different teachers, and, and I have a lot of commentaries that I read and different things that I enjoy, teachers that I love. But you know what really transforms us is when the Holy Spirit teaches us. And the Holy Spirit can use those teachers to speak to our hearts. But the Bible says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. And so whatever we're needing this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you exactly. He knows exactly what you need to receive, and he knows exactly how you need to receive it. And it's tailored to each and every one of our hearts. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit can do that simultaneously across the globe, teaching every single one of his people. But we can participate in that, and this doesn't just happen by default. It doesn't just rush over us, and that's where 
there's an engagement that can take place. And that's what I want to encourage us. Fellowship is a two-way street. It implies that there's sharing going both ways. You don't just sit and receive. There's times for that. But there's a two-way street and God is giving and you're offering up to Him and He, has, he finds pleasure in our gifts to Him and our offerings to Him. So I want to I encourage us if, if, uh, to develop this fellowship with the Holy Spirit. T-R-U-S-T, trust. Thank you, release revelation, use me, strengthen me, teach me. He who believes in me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. As we begin to grow in our conversation and our dialogue with the Holy Spirit, it will be noticed. And there's going to be a blessing that will flow from your life and it will touch everyone that's around you. And there's going to be a release in this community and I'm just going to pray that God would release just living waters, life spring. waters would spring forth, that blessing would come forth out of us, out of you here. That you begin to teach us and, and show us how to share with one another, whatever that may be. That there be no need among us, that we'd be in one accord. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust the Lord in this time to strengthen us. I pray that the Lord bless life spring for square to spring up with joy and the presence of God would be evident in your midst as you all seek God and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for this community and I thank you, God, for what you're doing here and I ask for more. I ask for a greater fellowship to be released. I pray for creative thoughts and ideas that will come straight from you, Holy Spirit. And I ask for a dynamic, vibrant relationship to be released in all of the people, all of us sitting here, God, that there'd be an overflowing fellowship. Thank you, Lord, that you are loved. God, that you are loved. And out of your nature, you share that love with us. God, may we be just like you and abundantly in generosity, in generosity sharing everything that you've given us. Freely we've received and freely we give. Even now, Lord, that we would just have a sense and I just I just feel like the Lord's just saying right now he's not through with you he's not through with you there's a there's a sense that maybe some of you this morning are feeling like you've reached the end of your ability to partner with God or you can only do it in this minor way man that is so contrary to the word of God he works in mysterious ways and you may have physical ailments you may have limitations maybe maybe you're not as sharp as you feel like you could be but the Lord will use you dynamically by the power of the spirit and he will release what he wants to through you as we yoke ourselves to Jesus as we are released by the power of the spirit he will use you in fantastic marvelous ways So I thank you, Lord, that you're not through and that you are releasing a dynamic community here in Edgewood, Lifespring Foursquare, that can be a blessing to the community, God, that can be one that welcomes in Edgewood, God, that many people come to know Jesus, and this can be a place that with open arms receives and welcomes people into their community generously by the power of your Spirit, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just thank Pastor Dan for such a powerful word? Praise the Lord. Come on. Amen. Well, uh, as we conclude our service today, we actually felt it was 
very appropriate for us to receive communion again. And I know our religious thing is to do it the first Sunday of the month, so we're breaking that tradition. Um, I apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> but truly, if, if we're going to be a church that receives um, Jesus into our lives and allows him uh, to teach us um, about fellowship and communion and what it looks like, uh, to gather, as he was saying in Acts 2 and Acts 4, uh, then we need to just keep on pressing into Jesus. If, if we want him to teach us, then we actually need to be with him so he can teach us. And so what we're really doing here is, uh, in many ways, is with such a powerful word, is we want to have this sealed in our hearts. That Jesus, with this inspiration and just kind of like, you know, some goosebumps, or maybe you have like a dream that's being birthed within you, or maybe an idea that's coming up to the service, uh, that we would take it to Jesus in this moment. But we'd also take it to Jesus as a body because often, have you ever tried to do the whole Jesus thing just by yourself? Uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, I, by myself, am not the body of Christ. You, by yourself, are not the body of Christ. But we, together, as a collective whole, we are the body of Christ. Uh, and we each have a part to play and a role to, to play, but we are the body of Christ. And as we seek him as the body of Christ, He's actually going to show us what true fellowship looks like. So let's just receive that with that eagerness that he would once again reveal himself to us. And this is what Paul says about communion. He says, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's do that together. mentioned one accord, and I can just picture us all receiving the body of Christ in one accord. So powerful. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray this with me, church? I just felt this on my heart. Lord Jesus, we're receiving communion that you might fill us up, radically fill us even now, baptize us, fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we'd be empowered by the supernatural power of God to go, to go and to shine your light, to go and reach the lost, to go and tell a world that the good news is still the good news. But Lord, I also pray that you would just fill us up right now by your Spirit in a way that we'd have eyes open to the needs around us that we would not be uh, self-centered and only focused on ourselves, but, Lord, you would just continue to break our hearts for what breaks yours, and that you care for the needy, you care for the broken, you care for the brokenhearted, you care for those that are addicted or in prison, you care for the widow, you care for the orphan. Lord, you care for those who are suffering, and that you would just right now in this moment, Lord, give us new and fresh eyes to see the people, the needy people in our lives that need your love, that need the touch of your love, and that we might even say, God, you might have called Lifespring Church to be a part of those needs being met. Show us what that looks like, each one of us, to play our part and to play it well. God, we leave this place excited. We leave this place just can't wait to see what you might want to do in us and through us. Do what you do, God. Do what only you can do. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us? Let's sing this together.
Can we just stretch out our hands to Pastor Dan? I just pray a blessing over Parkland Foursquare, Lord, that you would shake that ground and rattle it, Lord. I know they're making inroads into places that the enemy just hates it. I know that the, the attack of the enemy is real, that there's strongholds, there's walls, all those types of things. But, God, you have called this people, this group of people, for such a time as this to preach the good news of Jesus, to shine the light of Christ. And I pray that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, Lord. We pray for walls to just break down, and we know that you've given them uh, this assignment and this call, but we pray over discouragement, any kind of depression, any kind of just a willingness to give up, any of that, Lord. We just pray against that. Lord, you have called them this to this, Lord. And we just pray even a reaffirmation of that word, Lord, just to stir up within his people, Lord. And even as they meet next Saturday night, they go, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I was supposed to be here. Yeah, I thought about sleeping and I thought about skipping, but no, this is my place. This is my fellowship. This is my body. And we're going to preach and have 3,000 people, just like in the book of Acts, 3,000 people coming to this place. We're not even going to know what to do. Man, someone go to Safeway and buy some food. Lord, I just pray for revival in Parkland. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. And then finally, we just got to give one more big clap. Um, Jamie said yes to Nick, and so they are engaged. And so praise the Lord. And then finally, the next time you see Micah Henderson, he's going to be married because he's getting married on Saturday. So there's a lot to rejoice. Have a great week. See you at 10.